if you have your Bibles this morning. I want you to turn to the book of Matthew. The book of Matthew. We're going to be in verse number 9. Very familiar story. It's a story of Jesus passing by. As I thought about this passage, and we're going to be looking at verse 27, going through verse number 30 this morning. I entitled this morning's message, Jesus Passing By. Do you understand this morning, and whenever we come to meet as a a family here at Hillcrest, do you understand Jesus is passing by? He's passing by. He's going up and down the aisles. He's in the balcony. He he's, uh, knows. And, and uh, as we're going to see in this story, uh, many times over, we see that phrase used of Jesus. Jesus was either coming into or He was just passing by. But I want you to understand, when Jesus passes by, it's not because He didn't have anything else to do. When Jesus passes by, It's intentional. You ever heard that saying? Hey, I just happened to be in your neighborhood, thought I'd drop in. Well, no, they came with an intentional purpose. And Jesus never does anything unintentional. Everything the Lord Jesus did and what He does is intentional. And I've said this word, and it's one of my favorite phrases, is that we've lost sight of being intentional in our faith. We, we, we go, go ahead and we kind of put categories and oh, we do all kinds of things and we have these checklists. Okay, made coffee this morning, check. Okay, I got the lunches packed for the kids, check. And we just have checklists. It's, no, by the way, uh, I guess I better go ahead and, and have a little prayer. And so as we're walking out and as we're driving out our driveway, we say a quick little prayer. Okay, check that one off. That's the reason why we're not making an impact. We need to be intentional in what we're doing. Jesus was intentional. And so, this morning, we're going to look at a very familiar story. It's of two blind men. And I've already had digs at me. I'm not going to mention any names. Clint Allen. Uh, But uh, at uh, Faith and Fun Night, I told them I was excited about... uh, uh, the, this morning's message talking about uh, the two uh, blind men. He said, "Well, who's the other guy?" <laughs> real funny, Clint. Real funny. <laughs> and, and and you say, "Doesn't that hurt your feelings?" Well, no, because I am. <laughs> hey, I, I I deal. You just deal with it, right? Many of you got things going on in your life and you just learn, hey, I'm just dealing with it, right? Some of you got health issues and some of you have relationship issues with your grandchildren, whatever the case may be. We just learned how to deal with that. But here's the good news. One day, one day we won't have to worry about it. (laughs) Hey, amen. One day we won't have to worry about it. And so we see in verse number 27. And it says, and when Jesus departed, I've already made mention uh, that uh, phrase is also used is that he was uh, passing by, whatever the case may be. He says, and when Jesus departed thence, uh, two blind men followed him. Now, I want you to underline that word, follow him. Find it interesting. How does a blind man follow? We're going to look at that in just a moment. Then it says, and they were crying and saying. 
underline that as well. Very significant here. Not only were they saying something, but they were crying. The word usage here is that they were just didn't have a few tears running. They, they were weeping. They were crying and they were saying. Now, I believe it was not a voice like, O thou son of David. I believe they were shouting it. Thou son of David, have mercy on us. Good word for every one of us this morning. Have mercy on us. Do you realize if you're saved this morning, God has shown His mercy upon you. He didn't give you what you deserved. The Bible says we deserve death and hell. But when you got saved and you had a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, He not only gave you grace, but He gave you mercy. If you're here this morning, you've never have trusted Jesus Christ. He's having mercy on you this morning because He's given you yet another breath and He's given you another opportunity to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ and to respond to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. He's having mercy on all of us here this morning. And we shouldn't be, uh, uh, I don't want to get too stirred up about this. These guys got stirred up. Have mercy on us. And when he was come into the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said unto them, listen to this, believe ye that I am able to do this? Good question for us this morning. Do you believe God is able I said, do you believe that God is able? God is able to do what He said He will do. And so He says, He asked the question. He says, believe you that I am able to do this? And listen to their reply. And they said unto Him, yes, Lord. Oh, I don't believe it was like that. I believe they said, yes, Lord. Very simple request, is it not? Two words. Sometimes we get caught up and we think, okay, if I really want to get God's attention, I gotta have these, uh, I gotta be very eloquent in my prayer, and, and I gotta, uh, you know, I gotta be, um, uh, use a lot of words. They just use two words. Yes, Lord. Maybe that is a response that somebody here today needs to have. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, you're able. And yes, Lord, I need to know you in a deeper way. Yes, Lord, I want you to have mercy upon me. Yes, Lord, I want you to help me with my issue. Yes, Lord, I believe that you can take this alcohol that has gripped me and now I'm addicted to. Yes, Lord, I believe you can take it away. Yes, Lord, I believe that you can save my marriage. Yes, Lord, I believe you can restore some relationships that have been torn. Yes, Lord, I believe that you can still change somebody's heart. Good question. Now look at verse number 29. Then he touched... He their eyes, saying, according to your faith, be it unto you. 
And their eyes were open, and Jesus straightly charged. Now that word uh, means uh, with, some, with some eagerness. He didn't say, now what I'm fixing to tell you, he, 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 was, he was almost is a command form. He says, okay, here's, the, here's what you need to do. He says, see thou that no man knoweth. He just did a miracle in these two men's lives. And Jesus says, don't tell nobody. We're going to see a little bit later why I believe he told them to do that. So this morning, we're going to see that Jesus is passing by. We've already alluded to the fact that uh, word has gotten out. If you read the verses before we get to this, verse 27, he has just raised Darius' daughter from the dead. Don't you think that word got around pretty well? They didn't even have Facebook and word got around. Isn't it amazing? that, that was here? What did we do when we didn't have Facebook? We talked to the other. We talked to people. We, we had interpersonal, you know, skills with people. And we went to their house or we, we made sure. I'm telling you, when the Lord Jesus does something, we're to get out. Well, we were saying, boy, well, you know, high attendance and, and all these things that we do to, to get a crowd. Do you think we're going to have a big crowd? I'll tell you, we'll be getting a crowd like you've never seen before when we see and God does something wonderful in this mess and word gets out, Jesus has done something. They're going to, they will come. And so, they, and, but then also, notice here, these two men are blind. Blindness was very prominent in the times of Jesus. We still see that uh, even in the Middle East, uh, you'll, you'll see it more so. But you'll, you'll see, uh, as you're walking uh, around about, you'll see uh, blind people. And sometimes they're sitting, and uh, sometimes they have their cups. Uh, but blindness was nothing new to the Lord Jesus. Matter of fact, we know of recorded uh, that there were six uh, healings uh, dealing with blindness and every one of them was different. So this was no big deal to Jesus. Jesus has seen blind men before. Blind men was very prominent uh, in that time. And so uh, we see here that uh, he uses this word. Notice he said that he departed. In verse number 9, we're going to see uh, that word is passed by. We also see it in chapter 8, verse number 28. And we also see it in chapter 20, verse number 30. As I already alluded to, Jesus just doesn't pass by. He just doesn't happen to be in the neighborhood. He's intentional to where he goes and what he's going to do. He already knew he was going to encounter these two blind men. It was not by accident. It didn't catch him by surprise. Jesus knew exactly where they were going to be. Jesus knew exactly what they were going to ask. I'm telling you, today, Jesus already knows the need that you have today. Not everybody else knows your need. Uh, you have not told anybody, but Jesus knows your need. And He's passing through this service this morning. He's walking up and around uh, through these aisles, and He's wanting, He's wanting to have an encounter with you. He's wanting to have a relationship with you. I don't care where you've been. I don't care how far you've gone from God. God does, doesn't want anyone to perish. It's for God's will for all men to be saved. And so He's very eager uh, to meet you where you're at. I want you to know this morning, no matter what your need is, He is here ready to meet your need. The question is, what about your faith? Do you believe? that He can meet your need this morning. And so, first thing, let's look at the seekers. 
We have already made mention that they were two blind men. But notice the eagerness of these men. They were eager because first and foremost, they cried out to him. And also we see that they were followed him. As he went passing by, they cried out to him, uh, and then they followed him to the house that he was going to. We do not know whose house it was. It's not mentioned here. That's irrelevant. But he went to the house, and they followed him. They were very eager. See, uh, I'm telling you, the problem with many of us, and I'm talking not only to lost people, but I'm talking to believers as well. The problem with us is that we're not really eager to seek after. God. We're really not eager about it. We're really not eager, and it's because of whatever the case may be, maybe your lack of your faith or you no know, faith at all, that uh, you just really are not really, really concerned about your situation. We've heard this term in AA and NA is that sometimes you have to hit rock bottom before you can look up. And it could be that there's someone here today and you're not being honest with yourself. You have a need, but you're really not eager to have that need met. I said, well, how in the world would come to... Why would someone uh, who uh, is addicted to uh, cocaine or, or to meth or, or, or heroin, why in the world would they not want that need met? It's because they have been living in it for so long they don't realize how bad off they really are. Jesus is passing by. Or it could be that Satan has gotten in your mind and Satan has told you, you've gone too far. He cannot do anything for you. You're wasting your time from coming to church. Uh, there's somebody here this morning that you came and you had different motives. You really didn't come. Just being honest now, we're transparent here. You really didn't come to worship God. You came because somebody had been on your back for so long you thought, if that is shuts you up, I'll come today. Whatever the case may be. But I want you to know, my dear friend, without Jesus Christ, without having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, you don't really realize how bad off you are. But the Lord Jesus is here, and no matter how far down you've gone into the pits of sin, He will reach up, and He will pluck you up, and He will restore you, and He will save you. You haven't gone too far with the Lord Jesus Christ. He's passing by this morning. And he's wanting to do and to meet your need that you have this morning. They were passionate about it. They were eager about it. They saw an opportunity that this is their opportunity that they could have their sight restored. Now understand, they've been in darkness. We under that word, the term, uh, blindness. Uh, blindness can mean partial blindness or total blindness. But here, in this context, it was total blindness. These men were in total darkness. Now I said, well, how did they know that Jesus was passing by? Well, they heard Him. They heard the crowds talking. One of the things that I found out that when you uh, lose uh, one of your senses, the other ones pick up. And so even though you may not see well, your hearing gets a little bit better, it seems. 
I've already told you how many times I can know and distinguish your shoe. I can't see you if you're in the back. But if you start walking, I can say, well, I know who that is because of your walk or if I hear your voice. Right? This is the reason why. Jesus passed by and they saw an opportunity. Could you imagine? Here's the two blind men. And could you imagine as they're punching one, he says, here's, it, here's our chance. He, hey, we've heard that he's just raised a little girl. Uh, we've heard about how he uh, saw, uh, healed a, a lame man. And they're hearing all these things that Jesus has been doing. And could you imagine they're nudging one and they're saying, hey, this could be our day. This could be our day. Maybe we could see today. Oh, he's fixing to pass by. And when he passes by, we'll get his attention. Oh, what would happen today if you're here and you have a need? What an opportunity that you could have. It could be that you need to have that attitude. Oh, Jesus, you're passing by today. I heard you were passing by today. And Lord, you know my need. And Lord, I know only you can meet that need. Oh, we would be eager. We would be enthusiasm. And we would shout out, oh, have mercy on me. Somebody needs to cry, mercy on me. But notice here, it says they followed him. Now, how do they know where Jesus went? They're blind. I've already alluded to maybe they had some friends and they would go and say, hey, where's Jesus at now? Where's Jesus at now? They said, well, just just keep walking straight. He's just a little bit ahead. Or they're hearing the crowd You know there was a multitude there in the crowd, and so they're going where the crowd noise is. We don't know exactly how they knew how to follow after Jesus. They just knew that their only chance they had was to get to Jesus. And so here's the question. Where's Jesus? Where's Jesus? I mean, they're walking. Don't know if they had a stick or what they had, but they would maybe bump into somebody and say, hey, where's Jesus? Where's Jesus? Oh, that's a good question for us today. Where is Jesus? Oh, is Jesus, uh, he's just contained here. No, my dear friend, Jesus is not contained here. Jesus is wherever you need him to be. Where's Jesus in your life today? Where is Jesus? Are you excited about knowing Him? Have you had people to come and talk to you and said, you know, I'm going through a rough time and uh, I just need some advice here. And uh, I know you've talked about this Jesus. And oh, where's the, the question could be, well, where's Jesus for me? And they said, Jesus is right where I met Him. Wherever you cry out to Him, there's where He is at. Isn't that good? You don't have to call me up in the middle of the night and say, Hey, I need Jesus. Where's Jesus? You can come and you can cry out and He'll hear your cry. Where is Jesus? Oh, that's a question that many have asked. Where is this Jesus? There's somebody here this morning. And I just, I just feel there's somebody here this morning. And, and, and you said you've been saved and you're securing your salvation, but you've gone through a rough spot. You've got some health issues that have come up. You, you, you have some financial things that you didn't see coming that have, have come your way. Whatever the case may be, maybe you're asking that question. Where is Jesus now that I need Him? He's here. He's here. Have you cried out to Him? 
And notice as they followed him, they, they were, they, they were they're fighting the crowds. They're, they're in darkness. But yet, they had a prayer. Notice the prayer here. Son of David. Son of David. Now, later on, after they received their sight, when they answered the question that Jesus had, they said, yes, Lord. Here, they're calling him Son of David. Now, here's where I'm finding out. They knew a little bit about Jesus, but they didn't know Jesus. And that's where many in the church are at. Oh, we got it up here. We've read the stories. We've heard the sermons. We know that He died on the cross for us. We know that He rose on the third day. At Christmas, we know that's where we celebrate His birth. We have it up here. But the problem with too many in the church today is they have not gotten it down here. Am I telling you the truth this morning? We got it here. We know a little bit about Jesus, but we don't know Jesus. I'm telling you, until you come to know Him, you'll never be set free. These two blind men, they said, Son of David, have mercy on us. Now, I find it interesting. They do not tell Him where they need to have their mercy. They didn't say, hey, hey, Jesus, have mercy on us. We're blind. We can't see. We'd really like to have our eyesight. Didn't say that. They just cried out, have mercy on us. Many times we treat Jesus like a spiritual granddaddy. Hey, Jesus, here's what you need to do for me today. And we start giving them a laundry list. I need you to help me with my finances. Jesus, I need you to help me find a better job. Jesus, I need a new car. Would you help me get a new car? And we go on and on and on and on. And here, these men just said, have mercy on us. Why is that? Could it be that they knew that Jesus already knew what they needed? Oh, this gets good right now. Do you understand? Many times we think this is what we need, but Jesus says, no, that's not what you need. Here's what you really need. And be satisfied with what He says that you need. But last time I checked, He, he has a pretty good track record. He knows exactly what you need. It could be today that you need to have a relationship with Him. And all these other problems that you've been carrying to Him, they're going to take care of itself. One of the things that we've learned, and I've said it ever since we come back to Honduras, is that those folks down there, uh, all they had is Jesus, and that was good enough for them. But here's what's happening to us. And I'm not just talking about this church, I'm talking about the modern church, is that we have become nothing but sport, rotten little brats. He's been too good to us. And we worry about how thick the carpet is going to be and how thick that padding where I'm going to sit my blessed assurance down on on a Sunday morning. 
I want to make sure you get me an extra dose of that padding there. And so we'll fuss about that. We'll fuss about all kinds of things. We'll fuss about the, the, the decorations. We'll fuss about the colors of the greenery and all this kind of stuff like that. When people are dying and going to hell. What is wrong with us? We're spoiled. We've told Jesus what we needed. And we say, Jesus, just go ahead. Just put your stamp of approval upon it. He doesn't work like that. These men said, have mercy on us. And that would be a good cry for us today. But notice, they were crying and saying. They were weeping. They were weeping. They They were wanting to have the mercy of God fall upon them that they could not contain themselves. When's the last time we had a service where we just wanted God to show up and sit down on us and for God to have mercy upon us and to exercise grace upon us and He would just sit down and He would just love us and He would comfort us? When's the last time we cried about that? When's the last time we really got moved when God showed up? And could it be that's the reason why he's not showing up? Because he's only going to show up when he's really welcomed. God help us. We need to start taking spiritual inventory of each and every one of us. Why do we come to church? Why do we do what we're doing? If nothing else, we ought to be saying, for the glory and honor of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Because if it wasn't for His glory, if it wasn't for His mercy, if it wasn't for His grace, every one of us would be hopeless today. I'd be wasting my time preaching to you today if I didn't believe that the grace and mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ and when He exercises that and He wants to exercise, there's always hope no matter what your condition is. There's hope in Jesus. When's the last time we really got stirred up about that? Oh, glory to God. Just have a praise time thinking, there's hope for my granddaughter who's one astray. There's hope for that addict down on the corner. There's hope for that prostitute who's living under the bridge. There's hope for someone who's on the side saying, I need some help. There's hope in Jesus Christ. And what they need is to have the mercy of God fall upon them just like He fell upon us. And so, he says, Son of David, so Jesus asked a question. Oh, it's a good question. He says, do you believe I'm able? (laughs) That's all he asked. You believe I'm able? Well, the two blind men says, okay, Jesus, let's let's, kind of get some things straight. I want to make sure we're making the right decision here. Uh, so, uh, well, uh, could we ask you a few more questions? Exactly what do you mean by this? And, well, you know that uh, we have some other issues coming. No, 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 no. He just simply said, do you believe I'm able? Good question. Do you believe he's able? I believe if those two blind men could go and find Darius' daughter... And ask that question. She says, oh yeah, he's able. He raised me from the dead. <laughs> or, or if we had an opportunity to talk to the Apostle Paul this morning. Hey, uh, Paul, you think he's able? Oh, is he able? 
And I believe He would sit for hours and tell you how He saw that He was able. But we could go on and on and on. Do you believe the, the lame man, to, would, if he could talk, he says, Hey, uh, Hey, buddy, uh, do you think uh, he's able? Oh, yes. is he able? Hey, I couldn't walk. Now I can walk. Let's get down to personal. You think he's able? Just ask me. Oh, I'll be happy to tell you he's able. I'd be happy to tell you that Friday night I fell down in the living room and asked the Lord Jesus Christ to come into my heart. Oh, He's able, my dear friend. And many of you can testify as well, can you not? We just had that song. Uh, have you seen Him work? Didn't say amen. Let me ask you this question. And I want you, this is audience participation right now. I want you to and be honest with me. I'm going to ask you the question and you give me a reply by saying amen. Do you believe he's able this morning? I said, do you believe he's able this morning? He is able. Why do you think he's able? Oh, I'll tell you why. Just go to the cross. Ask the cross if the cross could say something to us today. Hey, cross, do you think he's able? The cross says, oh yeah, oh yeah, he's able because I saw him die for your sins. I saw him shed his blood for the remission of your sin. Oh, he's able. Oh, let's go to the grave. Let's ask the grave. Hey, grave, do you think he's able? The grave says, oh, is he able? Let me tell you what happened. He was here for just three days, but on the third day we saw him get up and he left this place. Oh, he's able. I'm telling you this morning, the problem with us is that we say that he's able, but we don't act like he's able. He just asked, do you think I'm able? My dear friend, he's able. If I could bring Herman from Honduras on that mountaintop, he'd tell you he's able. God deliver him from alcoholism. How about Chico? And we can go on and on and on through the list of men that God saved and delivered them from alcoholism. There's some in this audience this morning that you can say, He's able because He delivered me. Uh, there's some in here that says, Yes, He's able because our marriage was about ready to be dissolved, but God was able. There's somebody here today that says, I was in adultery and I was in fornication, but God delivered me from that. God is able. I'm telling you this morning, God is able. No matter what your need is this morning, God is able to meet that deed. So, we go on and see that Jesus asked the question, but notice the response. The response. Well, what was the response? <laughs> they said, yes, Lord. <laughs> they didn't give a dissertation about it. They didn't say, well, listen, let me write everything down. No, they just said, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. See, that's all you have to do today as well. Have mercy on me, Lord. Do you think He's able? Oh, yes, I think He's able. Then consider it done. Yes, Lord, you can do it. I know I don't know the Scriptures like I ought to, but my faith is not on how well I know the Scriptures. My faith is what you've done for me. Am I getting through to anybody this morning? He is able. 
But we have to take that step. You don't have to have it all there. We talked about it in class, and, and, and we've lost sight of this. Sometimes we think we have to clean people up before they can come to Jesus. No, we don't. Our job is to tell them what Jesus has done for us. Jesus will clean them up. I said Jesus will clean them up. And sometimes we get so self-righteous about ourselves and say, well, you know, you ought to look like me here in a couple of months. Well, how foolish is that? No wonder they're confused. Oh, I'm like, look at, look at Brother Travis over there, man. Well, how long you been saved? I've been saved two weeks. Dude, you're in the best part. You're in the best position you need to be. I said it this morning. I'll say it again. You know the happiest person you'll ever meet is a new believer who has not met a theologian. <laughs> they just know they're saved, man. Hey, hey, they can't, they can't take you down. They don't even know how to go down the Roman road. They don't even know how to spell Romans. I mean, they just know that God did something in them that they can't explain and that has changed their life forevermore. And they're just happy to be in Jesus. I mean, they're just happy. I'm saved. I know I'm not going to hell. Oh, I don't know about the views, different views. I don't know if the tribulation is going to be pre or mid. Or, I don't know anything. I just know I'm saved. And I know when I die, I'm going to be in heaven. Hey, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. But notice here, very quickly. Notice the response that Jesus gives them. In verse number 30, he says, don't tell anybody. Now, if I was Jesus, I'd be wanting everybody to know. I mean, if, if, you, got, if you got raised from the dead... Would you tell somebody, says, hey, listen, I'm just telling you, don't tell nobody else. <laughs> Son, we'd be running up and down, we'd be down on the square saying, hey, I was dead, now I'm alive. I'll tell everybody. Why did Jesus say that? Now there's speculation here. First speculation is because that Jesus did not want to be known for just doing miracles. That's the problem with many people today. They say, oh, if he ever showed me something. Well, listen, I can introduce you to some people in this audience that, that will tell you that they were dead, but yet they're alive. I can show you he's still doing miracles and still will continue to do miracles. Uh, and some said that he just didn't want to be. Uh, but some say it was because he didn't want to get uh, the Roman uh, all stirred up and whatnot. But here's Mike's take, okay? And this is Mike, which I think is the right take. But to... I believe Jesus told the blind man not to go tell anybody because he hadn't been to the cross yet. Could it be that he's telling them, don't go tell anybody about this because I have to fulfill the real reason I'm here? Now, what? you're not getting this. Jesus did not come down here to heal people, even though He did. Even though He did. That was not His primary reason for coming. His primary reason was to come and die on a cross for your sins and my sins. That's the purpose. 
And I believe the Scripture and Jesus is looking to where we're at today. And we could go ahead and we can shout the glory down when we see the miracles and we can talk about the miracles. But the real miracle took place when He died for us. And when we accept what He did for us, that we that were dead are now alive. There are many miracles sitting in these pews today. And every one of these miracles, me included, can only say, I can't boast because of my family's name. I can't boast because of my education level. I can't boast because of whatever the, uh, the, my economic situation. We can only, as Paul said, the only boasting we can do is in the cross. The greatest miracle that he's performed is when he saved you from a devil's hell and now you're bound for a heavenly home. And so, as we look and we see, could it be today that Jesus is passing by? You might not be blind. You may not be deaf. But you have a need. And the greatest need that you have is spiritual. The greatest need that every one of us has is this heart. It needs to be changed. The old man must be crucified and we need to become new creatures in Christ. And Jesus is passing by. And all He needs to hear is someone cry, Have mercy on me, Lord. Have mercy on me. And then He'll say, Do you believe I'm able? Do you believe I'm able to save your soul? Do you believe I'm able to put you out of your sinful lifestyle and to change you for all eternity? Is He able? Oh, He's able. But the question is, are you willing? These blind men were willing. They saw Jesus as their last hope. My dear friend, whatever your need is, Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone is the answer to your need. He's the only one that can save. Well, Brother Mike, you don't understand. I've been, I've been involved in lesbian and homosexual activities. He's able. But, 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 but Brother Mike, you, you don't understand. I've, I've, I've slept with every man in this town. He's able. Oh, oh Brother, Mike, Brother Mike, you don't understand. If I, if I quit going to my local bar, they'll probably close the thing down. He's able. Lord, you don't understand. I have an anger issue. And I've lashed out and I've hurt people with my tongue. I've insulted people and I criticize people. Lord, you just don't understand. My mouth is my problem. He's able. God is able to meet every need. But you must be earnest and you need to cry out, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. 
I want to be changed. I don't want to live like this anymore. I've tried it before and it didn't work. Lord, you and you alone is the only one that can help me. My dear friend, he's able. He's able. We're going to have an invitation. This invitation is for you. Lost person, you've kind of blended in with the rest of the crowd. No one really knows. and They see your attendance is, well, yeah, they're there. They're, they're, time the doors are open. And they talk like they know the Lord. But you know, we do not know who sits beside us or sits in front of us or sits behind us, what's going on in their heart. But Jesus knows. And it could be that you've been playing the game far too long and you just need to be like these blind men and just cry out, Have mercy on me! Oh God, have mercy on me! Do you think I'm able? Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And He can change your life forevermore. You're here today and you've saved, you know you're saved. But let me ask you this. Where's that passion you used to have? Where have have we gone to where we've gotten so more inward and we're not outward? Why do we... It's like we just want to be in this little cocoon and we just want to be from that mean and nasty world and we just stay together here and I'm safe here and we are. And thank God for that. But that's not what He intended when He saved us. He intended for us to get out of our little cocoons and He intended for us to go and shine the light and be the salt. And we're going to have to deal with people that think different than we do, look different than we do, believe different than we do. But the gospel is still the gospel. It doesn't matter if you're a Muslim. It doesn't matter if you're Jewish. It doesn't matter if you're a Mormon or a Jehovah Witness. It's the same gospel. Same gospel. You don't have to change. We just have to go and to show Jesus changed my life. At once I was blind, but now I see. What are you doing with that? Maybe you just need to come and pray and ask God to forgive us that we have failed to go out because we got so comfortable being within maybe we need to repent as a congregation. Brother Mike, I didn't know you were going to bring this part up. It's the truth. There's a lost and dying world outside these walls. And we pass them by every day. And we pass them by with Jesus with us. And Jesus is saying, Hey, why, did, why haven't we stopped here? Hey, why, why are you pumping the gas and getting your receipt? Won't you go in and have a dialogue with that clerk back there? Oh, bro, Mike, you're getting ridiculous now. Am I? Am I? There's a clerk that needs to hear Jesus is able. But we get so stinking busy with our little agendas... Pump the gas, don't even have to have a conversation with anybody. God help us. Church, it's time for us to engage people. 
It's time for us to invest in people. It's time for us to realize that many majority of the stuff that we do, we're doing it for ourselves when we should be doing it for somebody who is going to die and go to hell. God have mercy on us for not doing what you've told us to do.